just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Major League Baseball. The mayor is running for mayor. And we've got a mini festival of frivolous gripes. Lead producer Emily Means is here to help me make sense of one hell of a week. It's Friday, April 14th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Emily Means, it is 10 o'clock a.m. on Thursday, April 13th, as we are recording this episode. And there are two matters of breaking news, both in Sugar House. I'm calling Sugar House the new ballpark. Wow, that's pretty... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but pretty bold of you to describe both of these areas as Sugar House, Allie. Oh, no. Oh, God. (laughs) My phone's already ringing. Would you like to retract your statement? No. You know what? No. (laughs) Let's lump them together. Okay. For the sake of the news roundup. So first things first, major flooding in Wasatch Hollow, Mm -hmm. which may or may not be part of Sugar House. Okay, that is Um, Sugar House. And (laughs) Allie, give us the update there. Okay, so basically Emigration Creek is, uh, this is an evolving story. And by the time this episode airs, things may have shifted. But why we really want to mention it is that it was very striking for everyone in our city because we got kind of the first glimpse of this snowmelt flooding that we've been told to anticipate all spring and summer. People have been sandbagging their homes ahead of this exact kind of an event. Immigration Creek just absolutely teeming over clogs in some sort of a pipe that like led Mm. to it teeming over 1500 east and 17 south is where there was just like absolute flooding and the mayor was down there emergency crews were down there they were asking for volunteers the mayor has declared a state of emergency so that the city can utilize maximum resources again this feels like the playbook we are entering into this spring, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a flood starts happening. There is an evacuation request. They ask for volunteers. The community comes together. They do what they need to do. Uh, we monitor. And then when it sort of recedes, we move on until the next one. What we're really looking at are these neighborhoods that are, you know, adjacent to a river or like a a, a river runs through it, you know. So next up, I guess we'll probably be looking at the neighborhoods around the Jordan River. Yeah. And we last week we shared some tips ahead of flooding and we also shared Salt Lake County's floodplain map. I'm going to link that in the show notes of this episode again today so that you can have a look and see if you're home or business or grandma's house is in a flood zone. The big guidance that came out of this that I think is sort of interesting is like, if you see a flooding street, turn around and drive the other way. <laughs> like, Don't get in the mix if you don't need to be. You know, don't stop and gawk, maybe. Don't stop and gawk. Keep it moving. Um, and also, it was really heartening to see how many volunteers showed up um, yeah. Wednesday night, like, which is 
best case scenario that that people are showing up for this kind of event. It's community building, right? It's the silver lining. But anyway, so I guess that's Sugar House adjacent news in Wasatch Hollow. But there is big Sugar House news for Sugar House residents, which is that the Come and Go gas station, which wanted a conditional use permit to replace the old Sizzler right at the corner of Sugar House Park on 21st and 13th East. It was denied nine to Mm. one. The planning commission said absolutely not and denied the conditional use permit. A lot of people are celebrating that didn't want this gas station for a lot of reasons. The main one being it's kind of a lame idea to build a gas station at the corner of a park across the street from another gas station. People have all sorts of ideas of what they'd rather see there. An ice cream shop. Right. A restaurant. I don't know. Another Sizzler. Literally anything. But we are told that legal proceedings feel a little bit inevitable at this point. Like, come and go could take this to court and try and fight this, and they might. So keep an eye on that. That's a good update. We do have a whole episode breaking down the come and go drama with Building Salt Lake editor Taylor Anderson. We can link that in the show notes for you, too, if you're looking for a little bit of background. Um, Yeah, I think generally big celebration by residents. Um, Although I did see a comment, uh, which is why does Sugar House get to stop projects that they don't like? Right. (laughs) You know, it's it's a little bit reminiscent of when we tried to cite a homeless resource center in Sugar House Mm -hmm. and the residents came out and they said, absolutely not. And that homeless resource center ended up somewhere else. Yeah. Now, I mean, the new headline is probably going to be come and go to court. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. We'll be I'll be out on the the corner of 13th and 21st hawking <laughs> with newspapers sign. with that headline. All right, Allie, let's move on to the big big news of the week. The big hitter, the big a home run. pitch, a home run. The Larry H Miller company has announced that they are working to bring a major league baseball team to the North Temple Fair Park area. Boy, you know what I will say? Wow, 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 wow. I found out. So, of course, there were rumors that the Millers, like, things started dropping on the internet earlier this week that, like, an announcement's coming related to the Miller family wanting to bring an MLB team to Salt Lake. Of course, the Miller family famously owns the Bees, recently announced that they were taking the Bees, which is a, what do they call it? A triple A team? Yes. Minor league Triple A baseball. Yeah. They announced that they were packing up in the ballpark neighborhood. They were taking the bees down to Daybreak, which is a sort of like new development community that they also essentially own. Um, They're moving the bees to the suburbs. The bees will stay, but they're leaving Salt Lake City. Now we get this announcement that they are scheming with Mm -hmm. a bunch of stakeholders. like Scheming. Everyone from the governor to like a former... Braves player that was quoted in the Salt Lake Tribune to whoever else scheming to get a major league baseball team. And they mm-hmm. the site that they've got their eyes on is the former Rocky Mountain Power site in the Fair Park sort of area. There's a track station. Love it. Right outside of this site Mm -hmm. and uh this location rocky mountain power already has plans to redevelop into like a mixed use situation like they want a new hq they want to put some housing there and it seems like now a ballpark could also be part of that right but uh ali huge news to us also seem to be pretty big news to mayor aaron mendenhall do you remember that vh1 show best week ever (laughs) 
Yeah, of course. Okay. Aaron Mendenhall's having the worst week ever. <laughs> <laughs> so Mayor Mendenhall put out a video after the press conference, which she did attend. And let me just really quickly mention what she's quoted as saying. She said that uh, Rocky Mountain Power Area in Fair Park has been locked up for energy and industrial use and unlocking it would bring about a shift we've been working on from a city perspective for years. Uh, they'll be able to activate this space 365 days a year into something that can benefit the West Side community year round. I, I paraphrased a little bit, but that was the sentiment. And that was really interesting because it's what we heard from the ballpark community as well, that that space, that ballpark space, basically sits dormant for like most of the year, right? right? It's only active like 80 days out of the year when, while the bees are playing there. So there's now a push for activating that space year round. And so I think the ballpark residents heard that and they were like, but what about, what about us? Right. We just lost our baseball team. Yeah, thanks. We lived it. So true life. We had a baseball team. <laughs> we had a baseball team. And uh, Mayor Mendenhall put out this response and she was like, listen, I worked really hard to keep the bees in the ballpark. I did not know the Millers were going to try to site another stadium and bring a major league baseball team into a different neighborhood of Salt Lake City. Yeah. She didn't know. If we are to believe that, like the governor knew. Right? Like other why didn't the elected know? officials knew. Like, why would the Millers not give her a heads up? Is there tension between the mayor of Salt Lake City and one of the most powerful, I'll say it, dynasties in our state? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting, too. I was super surprised by that video. But you know that that was the result of her getting hit up by ballpark residents that were pissed. I mean, you have called the ballpark neighborhood the Marsha Brady of Salt Lake. Like, it's a, it's a, all about them, yeah. <laughs> right? But there's certainly a feeling on the west side and in the Fair Park and Rose Park and Glendale neighborhoods that, like, can we just have a nice thing for us, too? Mm -hmm. And... Um, I am wondering, like, were these West Side residents aware that this was in the works? Do they even want a baseball stadium right. there? I could see why they would, right? Like economic development purposes, the businesses in that area would probably really benefit from having a sports venue there. Um, but, you know, how involved are they going to be in what their community looks like if the Millers are just like, yeah, actually, uh, I would like to put a professional sports team right there. Well, and we just did a show earlier, or was last week with Salt Lake Tribune reporter Alex El Cabrera about the unintended consequences of the Glendale Regional Park. And it's like, if the ripple effect of building a park in a neighborhood that is undergoing gentrification are something that we're seeing underplayed and somewhat underreported and uh, not fully understood. What's interesting to me is like, if you look at Fair Park, I mean, you brought up Ballpark as an example of like when we have this dormant giant space that's only activated a certain number of days of the year. But I guess the, the question I have is like, is baseball still America's pastime? <laughs> like, do we want a baseball team? Cause we like love baseball. Are we even a baseball state? We are a city that, like, often is measuring itself against other cities. Like, 
and we like want to muscle up and muscle in. Yeah. Like it is possible based on everything that's been reported this year that in like down the road, we have got a major league baseball team and its own feeder team because I don't think the bees would go anywhere. I think they would stick around and be a feeder team. We've got men's and women's major league soccer. We've got our NBA team, the Utah Jazz. We have professional rodeo at the Fair Park, let us not forget. And then there's also talk of an NHL team. And Mm -hmm. that team would also have basically its own feeder team in the Grizzlies. We're a sports hub. Well, Allie, I mean, like, I guess my takeaway from all this sports talk, and this is something that we've explored before, is that billionaire sports team owners giveth and taketh away. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually without the input of the community that they impact. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Another big announcement this week, Emily, which happened the same day, the morning of this Major League Baseball announcement. The mayor is running for mayor. The fact that this is not the biggest news in the city this week, I I think contributes to uh, what you said. This is the mayor's worst week ever. I know. Or maybe she wanted this like kind of under the radar 
thing. I don't know. She announced her ele- her reelection with a video that went out at like 7 a.m. on Wednesday morning. By Wednesday afternoon, all anyone was talking about was the Major League Baseball team. And by midnight Wednesday, she was standing knee deep in water on 15th <laughs> East declaring a state of emergency. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So let me tell you about her announcement. This video was really slick. And to me, it was like the minute and a half version of her long state of the city address earlier this year. Uh, She said it's a really special time in our city. She acknowledged the hardships we've experienced with COVID and the earthquake and the windstorm. She talked about her tree planting initiative. She talked about decrease in crime stats, Mm -hmm. talked about providing permanent supportive housing for unsheltered folks. Those are expected to come online, well, I think this month. Another hint at the Rio Grande plan as well. Yeah. Which, you know, if she's going full steam ahead on, I mean, that thing better happen. Yeah. Did you notice, Emily, that she called the windstorm the inland hurricane? Yes, I did. I've never heard it referred to as the inland hurricane before. I do think it's better. And I actually think it might be like... As a Floridian who now lives in Salt Lake City, I think I need to figure out how to like rename myself the Inland Hurricane. But I I <laughs> just caught Twitter that. Handle. It was one of those like I I had to hit the space bar there because I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely add some drama to uh-huh. it. And it was like it was definitely kind of an emergency in our city, right? Yeah. The last thing that stuck out to me about her announcement, Allie, was uh, I think one of the last lines she said. Uh, She said she refuses to let anyone take our city backwards. Mm. And to me, that is a direct dig at her challenger, Rocky Anderson, Mm. um, who is the former mayor of Salt Lake City. He was mayor from 2000 to 2008. And yeah, I mean, Aaron is charging ahead. Rocky seems to be bringing up his record from the past. And uh, and we're all wondering if it's uh, going to meet the moment for where we're at now. Right. She's trying to draw this comparison that she's the future and he's the past. I will say, as a former political strategist, if I made this video, I'll be honest, like, I'd be pretty proud of it. It's got that tinge of optimism and that it ends with kind of like, a cutting line, like from a political strategic standpoint, I think it's good content. What stuck out to me was that she made this very modern announcement and is demonstrating this really modern approach in this video, but rolled it out with a series of endorsements that are not modern. Endorsed by the police, former mayor Ted Wilson, who was the mayor more than 40 now years ago and former one-term congressman and former county mayor ben mcadams who hasn't been elected or really terribly influential in salt lake city politics in almost four years now two three years Hmm. now and i'm like these are three institutions that i don't know maybe we live in different salt lake cities but like three endorsements that mean nothing to me Mm, interesting. Yeah, same with the labor union. Mm-hmm. I was like, for what? I mean, you know, we live in Utah, and unions don't have a lot of sway here. So right. um, that's a really interesting observation, Allie, and notably missing from her endorsements. I mean, there are there a lot. Like, 
at least two pages worth of endorsements, except State Senator Luce Escamilla, who ran against Mayor Mendenhall in the previous mayoral election, um, wasn't on the list either. So I don't know if that signifies that she's going to jump into the race or anything like that. I don't see why she would. She just barely became the minority leader in the in the in the state Senate. Yeah, like she's got a good gig. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's heating up, baby. It's heating up. I noted this quote where she said, while we can't solve the state's homelessness crisis ourselves. I mean, we've interviewed her about her approach to homelessness, Marianne Mendenhall, and this is her big talking point. She wants to reframe homelessness as a state issue that the city is a piece of solving, not a city issue that the state is a piece of solving. And I think we're going to continue to hear that language when she talks about homelessness, that this is the state's crisis. And I think from her opponents, we're going to continue to hear, no, this is the city's problem. And so she's she's setting that up right away. Right. It's always so interesting when you give someone like a minute to say something like word choice becomes so important. Yeah. Well, I did just want to say, you know, this is the mayor's official announcement. However, she has been fundraising for a while now. She has about $250,000 in her campaign account. The filing period for candidacy isn't until August. So right now we've got Mayor Erin Mendenhall, who's announced her reelection. We've got former Mayor Rocky Anderson, who's challenging her. We also have activist Michael Valentine, who's challenging the mayor. Uh, The election is not until November. Mm -hmm. There is no primary because we're doing ranked choice voting. So buckle up. Okay, this is the part in the show, Emily, where I would normally ask you what you're doing this weekend. But I'm getting kind of sick of you saying nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So I am setting aside a little bit of time today for what we can call inconsequential gripes corner. Frivolous gripes. Frivolous gripes. Yes. (laughs) I love this. You want to start? I'm cracking my knuckles. Okay, here's my my gripe. I saw that it is now $100 for an adult day pass to Lagoon. <laughs> $100. I might as well fly to California and go to Disneyland. Correct. At that point. $100 for an adult day pass to Lagoon. And to be clear... This is not a season pass. This is a single day. I don't don't even know how much a season pass costs. Back in my day, Uh my parents, my, you know, like middle income parents Uh could afford to buy season passes for all four of their children. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I'm guessing, guessing the prices have gone up a bit. Well, it's funny because I feel like it's kind of also a teenage thing to like go on a date to Lagoon. And I'm like, teenage boys of Layton are like, $200. Where do I go now? I don't like her that much. <laughs> and she's going to want an ice cream cone. And she's going to yeah. want a toy. And she's going to want- Nachos are $50 She's going to want a soda. Dots. Oh, God. Dippin' Dots, 75 a cup. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Okay. Oh, my God. What's your gripe? I have to say my piece. Speaking of things that I will not be paying almost $100 for, have you seen the Red Butte lineup? The Red oh, Butte no, Summer Allie. Concert Series lineup? <laughs> Are you sure you want to go there? I know, because there? boy, did I get it for talking about Twilight. You, Death Cab for Cutie fans, you are you are what they call stands. You're out for blood. But Emily, 
Red Butte Garden Outdoor Concert Series 2023. Again, just a laundry list of people, fine people, good people, objectively talented people, but like people who should probably be playing the county fair. Oh, yo, you want to guess? Okay. Take a take a who? take a who? swing. Okay. Guess okay, who's okay, back? Okay. 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 In Utah. Okay. I feel like I always see Los Lonely Boys <laughs> on the lineup there. <laughs> Are they? Are they? Yes. Los Lonely oh Boys. Oh my God. Tuesday, August first. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Los Lonely Boys, famous for that one song. <laughs> How far is heaven? Oh, is that them? <laughs> I think so. Okay, Los Lonely Boys is on the lineup. Yep, is on I the swear lineup. That's them. I'm gonna save us getting in too much trouble. I'll name a few <laughs> for you, you that I think you will be like, yep, that feels right. Diana Krall. Great. Blues Great Traveler. News for everyone. Get Jason Isabel is back, which like No surprise there. Nice guy. I think he lives in the Red View Gardens. Mm-hmm. They booked Melissa Etheridge and the Indigo Girls back to back. Together? <laughs> they're they're just like the closest dates to each other. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure the Indigo Girls were here last week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's the deal. Would I spend a couple bucks to see the Bare Naked Ladies or train? Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't know they were coming. Yeah. I'll be there. That's the first CD I ever bought. Emily Means, <laughs> guess how much it is to see the Bare Naked Ladies or Train? I'm hoping approximately $15. That seems about right. $85. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. I'll meet you. I'll meet you on the mountain where all the other people who can't afford the Red Butte tickets sit. <laughs> I understand that it is hard to take a lot of risks when you are booking these big acts. You need to sell out these shows. The margins are thin. And I just want to say to all the booking agents in this valley, I see you. I know your job is really hard. And I know that it's, it is tough to get everyone to agree to take risks. The Kilby Block Party lineup is great. <laughs> and the okay, takeaway Allie. here is we you and i emily we can't afford to have a mediocre time in salt lake city <laughs> in this economy we can't afford to go to lagoon we can't afford to see train high. the rent is too damn high so we'll be at dj oscar hopefully he's yeah. still doing free sets on exchange place starting at midnight on fridays and saturdays no, nah, you and I are going to go to the mountain and watch Bare Naked Ladies. That's our plan oh this summer. Oh, my God. Oh, just send me a Venmo request. All right, Emily. I will see you Monday morning, bright and early. Have the best possible weekend. Thanks, Allie. See you Monday. Bye. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Therina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Bayarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend. <laughs>